0: Welcome, welcome, everybody. It's episode 380 of the Severe MMA Podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, a.k.a. the Pod God, the Scoring Lord, whatever you want to call me you know, on this beautiful Sunday morning, Monday morning, whenever you're listening to this. Joined today by Graham MacDonald to talk about the uh, the week in the world of mixed martial arts. You know, I mean, that's probably, you know, something probably happened over the last couple of days. Anyway, before we get into all of that, Uh, let's tell you that this episode of the podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Manscaped. And don't wait till your trouser devils are more disorderly than Manchester United. Although we're back, we're back a little bit. This season, (laughs) bring your below the waist to the top of the table with Manscaped. Use Larmor 4.0 to show off your moderate level ball skills and ensure your member will be Luca goods. No? Okay. Man City have won the Premier League, but your Man City will be the champion this year when you go to manscaped.com and enter the code SevereMMA for 20% off and free delivery on your order. Um, Myself and Graham have been using Manscaped now for well over a year, and they've been great supporters of us, so please support them. and all their stuff is really good. You know, I've had Manscaped stuff literally for probably 18 months, and it's still going strong like it, it did on day one. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, and if you want to try out Manscaped, I would suggest going for that performance package. It's a real deal. The ultimate grooming package for a champion uh, included in the, is the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, the Lawnmower 4.0, also the Weed Whacker for your nose and ear hair, uh, multiple ball formulations, and a shed travel bag as well as the boxers. Uh, the package stars their redesigned electric trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is simply the best hygiene tool to keep the uh, keep the grass on the pitch to perfect lint. Jurgen Klopp would absolutely love that. The Lawnmower 4.0 ceramic blades reduce nicks and cuts in your most sensitive regions. This revolutionary tech is the b- best defense you could find uh, for your Virgil van Dicken balls. They need to change that now. as Virgil van, D- I can't really defend anymore. But anyway, who your um, um, uh, Tyrell Maladicka, I know, i <laughs> the you're doing there? You're, uh, who else have we? Uh, um, Martin, no, I just, nothing, there's nothing coming to mind there. Uh, the trimmer's battery also lasts 90 minutes, so it's absolutely perfect. Uh, you can do it for the entire soccer match if you want, with a little bit of a, a water break in the middle, of course. Their performance package also comes with the weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer, which is waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM, uh, motor power 360 degree rotary bu- drool, dual blade system. Um, it, that, uh, Weed Whacker also has a proprietary skin-safe technology which helps prevent snakes, snags, and tugs into those delicate holes. And you can't forget about the liquid formulation as well. My personal favourite. Absolutely love them. Uh, use a crop cleanser to clean your body as well as the crop preserver to keep fresh and a crop reviver to give your balls a good halftime boost. Put the ball back in Ballon d'Or and make sure your hardware stays shiny with the Performance Packages Crop Preserver Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Spray Toner as well. The package... Is head-to-toe, top-class, and an easy choice for the best footballers in Europe. So get 20% off and free delivery with the code SEVERAMANSCAPED.com. That is 20% off with free delivery using the code SEVERAMANSCAPED.com. Celebrate a new season of the beautiful game with your newly beautiful balls. All right, Graham. Where do we start? <laughs> Where do we start with this one? Um, it's, it's honestly. Yeah,
1: so shit, Nate, yes, again, Shimay. Yeah,
0: wasn't it? Uh, if someone has been, I, I imagine now someone's been away for the weekend, right? There it is, maybe Monday morning, they're just coming back, they're on their way to work. They, you know, they, maybe they were over in London, maybe for the weekend. They flew in at like 9, 10 o'clock on Sunday night, went straight to bed, absolutely hungover, wrecked, listened to this podcast, and Monday morning on their drive to Work and they're like, I wonder how that have fight went. Oh, I wonder could Tony Ferguson beat Li Zhengliang? And I'm like, well, I am here to tell you guys that that's something, something different can happen. Do you know what? Maybe we, maybe we'll start there actually, just in case there are people like that. Because I know for myself, even uh, especially we have a lot of listeners in America. Maybe people don't buy the pay per views, um, and they just get their news from here. So maybe maybe we'll start there. Do you know what I'll do, Graham? I'll read out the weighing results, right? And I'll go I'll read out the whole card just to make it a little bit easier because this was one of those cards. So we started off the four pre- uh early prelim fights were fine. Weeks, Lines, Reed, Martins, and Anhelgar, Anatang Haley, Wolf and Dumont all made weight. So that's perfect there little problem then once we got to the the prelims, uh, outside of the early prelims, uh, Chris Barnett who was a heavyweight, missed weight uh, at 267.5 for his fight with Jake Collier Tulal Pickett were fine uh, there was a weight then, madly there's, I don't I, there's never been as many weights in a card as this, surely anyway, Gaelton Almeida and Anton Turcali, then Hakim Dawood missed weight, 149.5 for his fight with Julian Arosa then we, the main card, January in um, Then we had another catch with, and this was before all the madness, between Irene Aldana and Messi Chaison at 140 And then if you're thinking, okay... The next three fights on this card are Li Zhang Yang versus Tony Ferguson, Kevin Holland uh, versus uh, Daniel Rodriguez, and Hamza Shemayev versus Nathan Diaz. Not quite, because uh, Hamza Shemayev missed the weight for his scheduled 170-pound fight, which obviously he could weigh in at 171. He weighed in at 178.5 for his fight with Nathan Diaz.
1: And, and he says he doesn't give a shit he doesn't care about that he doesn't care
0: he also said that the doctor was in his room and uh, I they, there's something fishy going on here from some side of it like they, they know White was coming out last night and he was saying oh if you think this is conspiratorial or whatever you're gone mad and look that's fair enough If probably it probably is mad if you think the, the UFC conspired to do all of this but there was definitely something weird with Shemayev like that it was so quickly the weight cut was stopped and it was so far out that Ariel was reporting it that they knew, like it was, li- it was literally like when he woke up in the morning, everyone knew this fight wasn't going to happen. So it must have been from the day before that people knew he wasn't going to make weight. Or it must have been like, well, maybe, we'll try. We'll see how far. We'll see if he can absolutely kill himself to get down. And then they, would, they send the doctor. And when you send the doc, look, when you send the doctor to a weight cut, they're going to say no, <laughs> you know, because this weight cutting is just not great. Now, as, as my good friend Harry Bowlow says, fuck weight cutting, which is absolutely uh, the, the the backbone of all this. And I would agree with all that. But still, he didn't make the weight. So, uh that was fine then they changed all of the top three fights so what we ended up with is Daniel Rodriguez who weighed 179 pounds taking on Li Zhengliang who weighed 170.5 so a massive uh, weight discrepancy there And Li Liang, everyone's calling him an absolute gangster and all very very fair then Kevin Holland stepped in at 179.5 pounds which is a pound heavier than Shemaev to fight Shemaev and in the new and that was over five rounds and in the new pay-per-view main event was Nathan and Tony Ferguson, who bought with 171 pounds. We did a little bit of a preview show for this card after all the madness happened over on YouTube with myself and Ian and Harry and we were talking about this and basically... I don't think anyone else in any other sport would be able to deal with this in terms of even like the fans or not even to be able to deal with it, to have to deal with it, for the possibility of something crazy like this to happen but as MMA fans we are used to this but we also we we also don't get it that often we, we well. see that's missing away right and, and I'll turn it over to you we see that's missing away and we're thinking like oh let's rejig the men event let's make this fight this fight this fight this fight the night before and then do you know what? It happens sometimes, but it very rarely happens. This time, Graham, we had three fights that everyone was writing down on their chalkboard that actually came to fruition and it happened. It was one of the craziest days in MMA history, wasn't it? It was just incredible.
1: Yeah, it was, it's pretty ridiculous. So like It reminds me of, I'm not sure, maybe you can remember what year it was, where basically like every pay-per-view main event fell apart uh oh god like it was seven or eight years ago now 14 like maybe, or
0: something wasn't it? something like that yeah, it was Faber like that. Know, yeah yeah
1: it reminds me of that just where you, <laughs> you know everybody's just trying to reshuffle the card uh, right before uh, like obviously the reaction straight away when Shimaev was going to miss weight uh, i think everybody wanted to put together the the Nate Diaz Tony Ferguson fight the fans the media every, everybody was more up for that fight than than the Shimaev fight so Maybe that helped the UFC switch it around a bit to see the kind of reaction as well. But uh, it's uh, yeah, it's in recent years anyway. It's unprecedented to like you know day before the fight mix three fights and change <laughs> the main three fights as well, especially uh, on a pay per view to to mix them up. But uh, it seemed to go over very well. You know the reaction on social media and and all that seemed to be that people were way more hyped for this main event and. Uh, the card in general, because of the the changes in the card, like nobody wants to see kind of a foregone conclusion, and you know, uh, see somebody they love like Nate Diaz has a lot of fans. He's polarizing, but he has a lot of fans, and, you know, and a lot of them, obviously, you know, would back Diaz the end. But being realistic, there was pretty much you know very slim chance of him beating Shemyaev, so it just made the whole card more interesting. And you know, MMA fans love chaos. You know, chaos is part of the reason. Maybe not in in this in this exact way, but in the whole sport, in in the fights, in the in the lead up, in the wake, everything together. The, the chaos is part of the fun, and a major part of the fun last night.
0: Chaos is a ladder, Graham, as a wise man once said. Yeah, it, it we do we we live in the chaos, we understand the chaos, and also I think. Uh, there was mad money to be made last night <laughs> in in betting. It was uh, it was one of those ones where the odds makers definitely didn't understand the chaos of mixed martial arts as well as I think MMA fans did. Because uh, I think a lot of people made a lot of money betting. Late, uh, you know, late last night there was a, there was some very weird lines. You know, from even the main event to Shamayev winning in the first round and a few other ones. There was there was just crazy money to be made. Last I thought so it, it definitely it definitely was one of those weeks that will go down I suppose and it wasn't even a week it, it was just like a few hours where we were kind of waiting and waiting and waiting and, oh yeah well this going to happen and there were, do you know what it wasn't that dramatic either because. We were like, right, this card, th- this uh, fight is out. He misses missing weight. And it felt like from second one, I don't know why. We all, you know, we always was trying to make those cards, but it felt like from second one this time that they were actually going to make it. And uh, <laughs> that's why I think people were kind of very uh, cons- uh, conspiratorial about this, because it felt like the UFC did it with such ease. And, you know, it was, obviously, Dan White was really mad because uh, it, uh, after the uh, event, because it felt like, uh, you know, people were giving him credit. And then Ariel was like, it was, what's your man's name? Hunter Campbell or whatever and there was a bit of back and forth there but the UFC did the one thing look the one thing I would give credit to the UFC for and I know Kevin Kevin Ioli got absolutely raked over the coals for uh, for giving the UFC credit for getting this card back on um, look you give him a bit of credit for getting the card back on but mostly the fighters deserve that credit for taking those fights what especially
1: would, when Dana came out and said that nobody got a pay bone yeah, for, that was for ridiculous. Like, so the fighters definitely have to take the, the majority of the credit
0: yeah, 100%. And Kevin Lee is, or, uh, uh, Kevin Holland was going around saying, oh, I got massive money you know, and on of course." and it's, I don't know. It's, uh, I, I always find that very weird. You know, I, I, th- I think what Sean Shadi was tweeting after, It's like, oh, I'm so glad all of these guys are getting paid. And this was before Dana White even said it. And I was like, are they? Do you know that for 100%? Do you know that for a fact? So, yeah, it's...
1: Maybe, th- maybe Dana said he'll take care of them, throw them something later, but... Yeah, yeah that's uh, not guaranteed. He, he did himself say that they didn't take a pay bump, so guaranteed pay-wise, you know, uh, according to Dane anyway, obviously. (laughs) I think everything with a pinch of salt that he says, but when he's saying the fighters aren't getting paid more, you... Probably be uh, you tend to believe that you'd have
0: to. There's no reason why he wouldn't say it. But the the the, the point he was going to make that the one thing I would give him credit for is stopping the wear cut You know the, this is the fight that they had made that I think most people didn't like. Now, unless you want to be conspiratorial and go it wasn't selling and the fans weren't buying it and the people didn't buy into. Well, then said it was trending off the charts. That's yeah. bullshit. Well, but
1: ESPN are going to pay them five hundred pay per five hundred thousand pay per views either way. So yeah, obviously they they want to keep their sell-out streak going as I keep talking about what is it 20, 25 uh, fight events uh, in a row sell out or whatever they call it which is a lot of bullshit 90, in itself over 90% or something yeah and they obviously want to make more money on the gate but really the, the main money is coming from the pay-per-views and they're getting that from ESPN no matter what so yeah I like you know I like a good conspiracy theory but I'd say they just they just shuffle this because yeah, because the commission
0: I think so as well, yeah. And look, and fair play, because if someone is, has a terrible weight cut and it's going to be dangerous, that absolutely should be stopped. So fair play to them for putting this whole card in jeopardy just for the safety of one guy. And that, that can't be overstated, I think, because we talk about weight cutting all the time, we go, give out about it all the time, but the reason we give out about it is exactly this, because when people cut too much weight and it's very, very unsafe, you know, you can give out about been being, um, you know, unprofessional and everything, but at the end of the day, you wouldn't want to see him fucking getting hurt badly because of a of weight I cut think I think the like
1: unprofessional that. thing is coming from his reaction, you know, every, yes. everybody can understand the weight cut going wrong, the doctor stopping it or whatever, like, you know, he's not known for it. But the way he reacted, like, oh, I don't give a shit, fuck you, and just like, even his, uh, you know, his lines that he was putting out about, oh, I'll smash everybody, I'll, I'll die in the cage. It seemed like, you know, he was trying to win the fans back, and they weren't having any of it because of his, because it's disrespectful to kind of just blow it off as if nothing happened
0: it's hard to re- ever remember someone going down in the estimation of the fans as much as he did in that 24 hour period because he not only did that but after he went in and like put up his middle finger and he was like oh I was close and then at the, the ceremonial wins he, w- he was very bad as well and then after the fight even I, I you know I saw I think it was New York Rick tweet, tweeting about it like oh he'll go out and he'll smash someone and then everyone will be a massive fan again and you know maybe next time they will but this time those people paid a large sum of money to get those tickets and by God were they going <laughs> were they going to do their, their, uh, their birthright make almost make their feelings <laughs> known <yeah. laughs> and make, make their feelings known and they're absolutely right I, I would not criticise him for that whatsoever you know he uh he took away the fight that they had bought you know that they had planned and they'd bought hotels and they'd paid this uh, uh, you know exorbitant price for to, to go to and all and uh, he was the one who ruined it and you know fair enough but I, I do agree with you I've always great sympathy for lads when they do miss weight and I feel really really bad for him because I hate weight cutting but the way he reacted I think you're right it, it made this one a little bit different so um, I suppose we, <laughs> we better start talking about the fights oh also before uh, that uh, if you missed it there was a press conference scheduled to happen and uh, when it was a Wednesday? And the press conference was cancelled because there was like a massive brawl backstage. But this massive brawl uh, was there a massive brawl? Not there? really, no. a bit the, of handbags
1: and a uh, bit of handbags.
0: Yeah, I think that I think their biggest issue was they didn't have enough security and they were like, well, we can't fucking keep this going, so let's throw them away. Uh, like, Diaz threw a fucking bottle when there was about four people around and I don't think it really got, even got near hitting it in anyone. It was kind of a fun battle trauma. <laughs> More than anything else, but uh, it, yeah. battle toss. was <laughs> toss. It was, uh, it was weird. But, the, but that's the problem with the Diaz lads wrong because they're, they're all deep, as they say. I think he, Dada White said they had, what, 85 people or something there, so that is an issue, because there's no control on them by us if, it, if it gets bad, so look, you can understand it in one way, but uh, that's another part of why people are getting very conspiratorial about this because that looked very very set up really badly set up so it was it was all a bit weird but maybe they didn't do it just because they knew Hamza was going to miss weight too I don't know it was it was it was just a weird chaotic few days in the world of mixed martial arts which ended in the fights so what we had in the end I'll, I'll recap it again uh, Daniel Rodriguez versus uh, Jingyang Liang Uh, Holland, Kevin Holland against Hamzat Shemaev, and Nathan Diaz against Tony Ferguson. Let's talk about Nathan Diaz versus Tony Ferguson. I think it's a fight that we all probably wanted more than Diaz. When I understood why they put him in there against Shemaev, I thought that he was going in badly for Shemayev because people would be looking at him as a bully and someone who beat their fan favourite, and I thought he was going to emerge badly from it. He did emerge badly from it, you know, (laughs) massive, massive booze without the fight even happening before he even fought against Kevin Holland. And for Nathan Diaz, this was manna from heaven. He got an easier matchup. He got the main event. He got his five rounds. He got his money. He got his last fight in the UFC. And you know what he got, Graham? He got his win. Could could it have worked out better for Nathan Diaz? I don't think it could. What do you think?
1: Yeah, absolutely worked out brilliantly. Obviously, you know, he, he as I said earlier, there was pretty slim chance uh, stylistically of him coming out on top against Shimayev and against Tony Ferguson even though uh, for some reason, I don't know why, the bookies had uh, Tony Ferguson as the favorite. I won't go into Tony Ferguson <laughs> again, but here we go. I, I, I really don't understand uh, how he keeps getting such, you know, favorable odds, but obviously uh, Nate Diaz went out there and it was a it was a bit of a weird, a bit of a weird fight in a lot of ways like uh both guys didn't look great. Uh, Diaz looked a bit out of shape, but, uh, yeah, there was a few weird moments. Tony kept turning his back, obviously, <laughs> uh, as the fight went on, Nate started like taking the piss and like leaning on the cage and walking away. It was, it was strange at one stage. I wasn't sure if he'd been like eye poked or if, if he, I do not know what was going on. And, uh, it was a strange in a lot of ways, but uh Tony Ferguson was just so hittable. Um as always, um Nate was was able to to land on him. Tony was trying to throw wild strikes that weren't really working. Uh, the leg kicks were the only thing that were really working for for um Ferguson. I think they were a bit exaggerated by the commentators as well, though. Uh we've seen Nate Diaz eat a lot of leg kicks uh in a lot of fights over the years and, uh, you know, he's able to plot on and, and uh, get the shots off and get, get the job done, obviously. And uh, I think uh, uh, Tony's uh, corner uh, called for a takedown and obviously Tony went for the takedown. And the second he did, he he got caught in the guillotine and, and tapped. And, you know, I just think, Nate Diaz is better everywhere. The rounds were close, but I think that Diaz was winning each round. And obviously, when when the grappling uh, came in, it was there it was a it was a very quick uh, tap from Tony after Nate Diaz. Obviously, uh, he's a real finisher when he when he when he hits the ground. When he when he sees an opportunity, he's very good at taking it, and he did. And it's a, it's a, it's like you know, uh, brilliant brilliant. Uh, Outcome for Nate Diaz, you know, if he's going to sign a new contract with the UFC, which, which I doubt, he, obviously he'll he'll be in a better position to do that. And if he, if he wants to go out and you know box or do whatever whatever he wants to do, I'm sure he'll he'll get paid very well. So it's 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 good times for Nate Diaz. Uh, he you know he, maybe he'll never get paid what he thinks he's worth but he'll get paid a, a lot more if he does sign with the, re with the UFC or if he does go elsewhere
0: yeah we maybe we get into that more more in a second but just to reflect I've been on the fight again uh yeah I think you call it pretty straight down the middle there it was it was a weird fight as well I described uh, like the Diaz versus Shamaya fight as being a bit of a snuff film yeah if it had happened um and thankfully it didn't but this was like a bit of a snuff film as well. It just, it felt weird. And I, I I'm glad I, I saw, I think it was Ian Dean tweeted about it as well. I got my feelings exactly uh, as I thought it just, it just all felt a bit odd with these. The first thing you said there, neither lad looked great. And it was one of those ones where it was obviously like seven or eight years too late for this fight to be happening. Almost the boat lads. Up, You know, up a weight class for both of them as well, if we're being honest, mostly for Tony. Obviously, although Tony has fought a lot, as I mentioned on the broadcast that Welterweight previously in his career, but he is a career lightweight, Um and it just, it all looked, it all looked a bit slow, it all looked a bit plodding, it all looked a bit weird, but that was the fight I think we were kind of expecting. So, I think as it went on, we we kind of put that to the side of our brain, maybe our And I, I don't know a lot of people, I see people tweeting online were kind of the same as like, okay, when we kind of got into the fight and then the, the fight started maybe to devel- develop a bit of a narrative and it started to be kind of a close fight and there was more shots being landed. And Do you know what it turned into? It turned into a Nick Diaz fight in maybe the end of the second or into the third round and like a late Nick Diaz fight with all the back turning and the leaning against the cage and everything. I know there was a little bit of that before it as well. But yeah, it wasn't your high class top of the uh, spectrum MMA fight, well, this wasn't a ranked MMA fight, if you want to put it like that in terms of quality, but it was fun you know, I agree with you as well in the first two rounds especially uh, Nathan Diaz was a little bit ahead he, he landed a lovely 1-2 in the first, uh, after he checked the Tony Ferguson leg kick, which Cut the shin of Ferguson, um, and he was just bleeding all over the place. In the second round, I thought Tony did well at the start of the round. He was landing some nice leg kicks, but I I, I agree again with you. They were massively overstated in the second and first round. Anyway, by uh, by. Do you, do do you think
1: actually? I was wondering during during the fight, did the did the commentators think that those kind of blood marks on Diaz's leg were reddening from the the kicks? Uh, I I think they were think just so, blood yeah. marks from Tony's leg. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Not, like, I really thought that though, like. Were really overstated. They Obviously, were. there was they were accumulating. They were accumulating, mm. but. Uh, very early on they were talking oh his leg is toast uh, one more and all this so I was like what are you talking about yeah
0: because like if you look at the second half of the second round Nathan Diaz just dominated that and he was moving fine I think when the leg kicks did show uh, it was in the third round because he hit him with one nice one and what? And, do you know what I actually don't think it was the accumulation of them at all I don't, I don't think they were massive in the first two rounds but he hit him with one in the third round and it kind of buckled his leg he caught him obviously in a bad way and Nathan was resting against the cage after that, and I think, I think he fooled the judges a little bit because two of the judges gave that third round to Nathan Diaz, and I was like, that shot I thought pretty clearly hurt him. Now Diaz came back because Tony Ferguson played into that. He, he played, you know, he played up. He was acting as well, turning his back, and Diaz really brought him into his fight because there was a point in that third round and it started the second as well, even where Tony was sh- like. Tony's a better like technical attacking fighter than Nathan Diaz. And especially now, like that first round, Nate could barely throw a punch. When he did, he was landing well, but he was barely throwing anything. Whereas when Tony let his hands go, he looked closer to his prime than Nathan did, I think. But he it was just it was just turned into a battle of attrition at that stage. And Tony Ferguson's never winning a battle of attrition against Nathan Diaz, especially when he's not cutting Nathan and he has cut himself on the face and on the on the leg as well and when he's obviously he has prepared for a, a three round fight it's his first fight back up at 170 as well it's going to be very hard for him to keep that um, uh, to keep that cardio going another thing is though, do you know what Nathan Diaz like this cardio machine wins fight late thing is massively overstated too this was the latest he's ever won a fight he's never won a fight in the fourth round or the fifth round or never won a five round decision so <laughs> that kind of a, you know them narratives come around sometimes like oh this lad is unbelievable cardio and he wins fights late and all uh, not necessarily the case you know he's lost he, I think two fights that have wins for five rounds and uh, yeah he's never had a finish late so yeah it, it was uh, I suppose it was a, a great win for Nathan Diaz as well especially uh, in that sort of way he proved the point there maybe but I did I, I, what you said about the takedown in his corner uh, saying it I didn't re- even notice that until afterwards I think someone mentioned it and that was that was not great because Nathan said afterwards as well I had been preparing uh, for for you know, obviously a wrestler preparing for Shamaev,
1: and a large part he he did no sparring on the feet at all. Yeah, in the whole camp. So uh, maybe that I, plays into why his timing was so off.
0: You'd have to, yeah, true, true. Yeah, you'd have to think a large part of that preparation was guillotines from the bottom, and, and was you know triangles and stuff like that. So he was well prepared for that. And, and like we, we show, people kind of overstate as well Nathan striking, although it can be very good at times. But his jiu-jitsu is really, really legitimately unbelievable. I was I was going back and I was looking for, do you know when he put up the the, the like the muscles in a, an oil fight? Well, was it was the Kurt, Kurt Pellegrino fight. But I went back and I was looking at a few of Nathan's different submissions. He's got some great submissions in the UFC over the years. And people seem to forget, and they don't forget that, but I think they understand it maybe. And he brilliant, brilliant uh, guillotine when he got there, just absolutely wrapped up that neck and took it. Although Tony was tired and I think sometimes you make decisions in life and the second you make them you're like what the fuck am I doing why did I make this decision and I think that was one of the ones for Tony Ferguson in a fight that I really thought was kind of going his way I thought it was turning and I thought it was going for Tony in the third um, but it didn't and, and Nathan ended up winning it. it was it was overall like a good fight I would say a weird fight Um but for like the time that the fight happened and the notice of which the fight happened, which was like 24 hours, I don't think we could have expected so much better. Were you happy with it, Graham, or was it a a disappointing one for you?
1: Yeah, well, it was entertaining. Like, you know, both guys are a bit crazy. Ferguson and and Diaz. And uh, maybe if if this was two different guys, you you might have seen it as an even weirder fight, but you kind of expect something weird from these two guys. And, uh, you know, I think the fight kind of, the the boat kind of grew into the fight, especially Diaz as it went on. Like at the start, I was like, "Jesus, Diaz looks fucking terrible here." Uh, but uh, w- once he kind of got going, maybe that's kind of part of the the thing about Diaz. You kind of mentioned that it's not really a thing, but he kind of does kind of start slow and grow into fights. And even though he lost to Leon Edwards, obviously he landed that that big combination in the in the fifth round, and that kind of plays into to how people see Diaz as kind of a, a marathon a marathon fighter and uh obviously you know uh he kind of did drag tony Tony totally Ferguson deep here and as you said once the once nate diaz went for the the submission i think tony yeah kind of knew his night was up he knew he wasn't going to win the fight and maybe if that exact kind had been put on in the first round he he would have fought harder to get out of it but he kind of he knew his race was run and he wasn't going to win that fight so uh i think that probably you know Uh, played into that a little bit but uh, yeah overall I enjoyed the fight it it did seem like you know even though Tony didn't really land anything that with his craziness the way he was kind of spiraling out of control (laughs) and pirouetting and all the stuff that he could land something so the, the threat was there but it did seem the longer the fight went on that that it was it was going it was definitely going more in in Nate's favor. Obviously the if he could have if he could have landed maybe a couple of more really hard leg kicks maybe that could have played in. But as I said earlier, I don't think the leg kicks were affecting too much. Like I'd say Nate Diaz right now is is in pain from them leg kicks and he's got his leg on ice, but. Uh, like in in that fifteen twenty minutes, I don't think they were ever going to play much of a factor, and I think Tony was was just a match here, even even against a Diaz who wasn't in great shape and hadn't prepared uh, any striking for this for this fight. I think maybe if if they had a a full camp, Nate Diaz would have would have beaten him easier.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I don't know, uh, Tony. You know, Tony didn't have the full camp for five rounds either. I suppose I. I I don't necessarily agree with that one. The the one thing I would disagree with as well is I, I do think the leg kick played a part in the third round. I don't think it did as much in the first and second, but I definitely think it hit him with a really hard one uh, in the third round. But Nathan play, like Nathan's very good at getting hurt Acting like he's messing around and giving himself time to recover, <laughs> you know, he's really, he's really, really good. It's almost like you know Charles Oliveira when he gets hurt, he flops his back, and then no one's wanting to go to the ground with Charles Oliveira, so he gives himself time to recover. Nathan just like flops to the cage and like turns his arse out, and <laughs> no, no <laughs> one will no come near him. So he did a good job either way, and I, you know, I think uh, it, it not necessarily fool the judges, but he. I know a lot of we speak all the time about judging and how it's how you react to it and the, the amount of impact it has and maybe he let, let the, made the impact look less by the way he acted so you know a smart strategy I suppose and fair play to him you know you, you mentioned briefly what's going to happen next you know, it looks like it's going to be a, a Jake Paul, Paul, you know, amateur boxing match, whatever you want to call it. Which is the
1: Anderson Silva bout announced? Yeah, it
0: is. Or. Yeah, that's going to be happening. So
1: surely Anderson will beat him now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jake can box. I know he's like fucking fifty years old or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, Jake Jake can box. To be fair, and Anderson is fifty years old, so. I I would say Anderson will beat him, but I don't think it's a foregone conclusion by any means. And like
1: you know, what, what weight is is Jake Paul uh, like? Um, I
0: th- I think he I don't think they're they're too far apart. He he was going to fight or he's going to box in his last bout against that Hassan Rackman guy. I think. 200 pounds or 205, but that was supposed to be kind of him going up a weight, so I think he's around 190 ish, 195. That's mm. pretty good with Anderson. That's around Anderson's weight, I say, especially at this vintage. So, yeah, if that happens, like if he wins that and then he has the, the Nathan Diaz boxing match, it could be very lucrative for Nathan. You know, I, I think. Uh, the Jake Paul dude needs Guys like Anderson Silva Needs and guys like uh, Nathan Diaz To be the A-side Because he's an absolute busted flush He can't sell tickets He can't sell pay-per-views anymore Against, you know, these nobodies um, So, you know I- I've i always thought he was Look, he's a fucking idiot But he's a smart guy in that He will... Keep fighting nobodies until he has one really tough boxing match. Get a load of a shit load of money for whether it's McGregor or whoever it might be, and then just like Haha, fuck ye, I won the game. I'm going back to do my YouTube videos with fucking fifty million in the bank from uh, from these four boxing matches or whatever it might be. And I I do think he will get there, but it's he's taking a tougher road there. Like, because this Anderson Silva one? I don't think that's going to draw and it's a it's a very losable thing for him but on the, uh, i don't want i totally really don't want to talk about jake paul i'm sorry for just that last 90 seconds there but we're talking about nathan diaz and like it looks like that's nathan diaz's next move i did like the fact that he says oh, i, uh, I want to come back to the ufc and win a title now he's not going to do that but uh, you know, him coming back to do... See, it's, it's a little bit different for Nathan uh, compared to other people because he doesn't fight that often anyway. You know, if he would one fight every 18 months or one boxing bout every 18 months and earned himself a good bit of money and may, you know, maybe only had one or two more and got a good bit of money out of it I think that'd do him right I don't think he has much fighting left I think he's just looking I, for one or two big I would have thought is.
1: that but the way he was talking he was in the post fight interview he was talking like "Oh, I've been wanting to fight and the UFC has been holding me back kind of thing but who knows? Who knows? Okay,
0: who yeah. I don't know. It, it is hard to know with Nathan as well because, like, yeah, it's... It's a weird one. That, that McGregor fight is still there as well. That's a massive trilogy fight, and uh, I don't know... Uh, I don't know if that's... Not, if that's going to happen or not ever, but I suppose we will see. Um, just, the, the thing about Nathan Diaz as well, you never really know when a fight with his is going to be announced, and that's with the UFC trying to get him to fight all the time, um, and maybe even sometimes him trying to fight previous to maybe this last year or whatever it might be um uh, what do you have seen not there to kind of make it happen you know will it ever happen like could you could this be he than last fight like I genuinely can see a world where that that does happen just with like laziness <laughs> more than
1: yeah, him anything him and else, Nick you know. hitting, the, hitting the Las Vegas clubs yeah uh,
0: exactly I could definitely check it out on Instagram
1: every, every or yeah. three nights a week
0: come here to me here's the last question before we move on from this fight do you think Tony Ferguson did enough in that fight to earn himself a Conor McGregor fight
1: uh, I don't I think he had to win uh, I think do like, the, like the UFC and the UFC brass and the owners and Dana and Conor are all going to want a, you know a bigger fight yeah. If Tony had won that fight. You know, it would have been a different story. Probably they could have made it made it work. But Tony's w- lost like several in a row now. So <sighs> yeah, I think I think the UC brass and everybody will want it. Will want a bigger fight.
0: Yeah, maybe. I, I think it, the fight it make perfect sense from mcgregor coming back to uh to the mma after a year or more out and coming back from the injury and everything but yeah I, that's the fight that's always kind of made sense but as you say maybe he's coming off of so many last a lot people forget that like people forgot that yesterday so it's it's not as if we won't forget and i thought he put on a pretty good fight and everything but i don't know maybe it's uh yeah maybe the losses will be too much although i'm not sure i'm buying into that but anyway look a good outing a good fight and a, and a fun one for that as well so uh let's talk about the rest of the card but before we do listen to this
1: when doubt seeps in you got two roads you can take either road and you can go to the left or you can go to the right and, and believe me you know they'll tell you failure is not an option that is ridiculous. Failure is always an option. Bad it's bad. It's bad. Failure is the most readily available option at all times, but it's a choice. You can choose to fail, you can choose to succeed. Move your feet, keep your hands up, stay off the bottom. That is the road to victory. Leon, Rocky Edwards, your new Walter Weight Champion. Or self-doubt and negative talk and that is the road to failure but failure is always there and it's okay to recognize
0: it and graham when we talk about uh, failure I suppose the failure to make weight of Hamza Shumayev is, is the one there. He saw the door. One was the fucking cookies and cream and ice cream. And the other one was like the salad and all. <laughs> he chose the wrong door. Uh, but uh, he was in there against Kevin Holland anyway. And he chose the right door, I suppose. And that door was the immediate wrestling. Just picked him up. Put him Do you know what? Kevin Holland did miles and miles and miles better in this fight than I thought he would because he defended the takedown unbelievably well for about, what, 45 seconds maybe? He kept popping up. Shemaya was like pulling him, getting him in the worst positions possible and Kevin Holland was like a prime Jose Aldo fucking jumping back up. The big issue for him though, he wasn't able to get separation um, and Every time he got back up, he was just being pulled back down again and just being destroyed for by Shamayev. Went for a couple of little darses Did Shamayev. I was like, ah, this is not gonna work. But he almost got into the mount a couple of times. Again, Kevin Holland defended well, got him out of there. But there was a one stage where he just he slipped off into a wrong position. Shamayev was able to like hook the leg over the the back of his tie at one stage. Um and to readjust the choke and when he did that he pulled the leg out again went straight for the darts and was able to get the finish it was look it was an absolute destruction if we're being honest Uh, he was all over him from the very very start Holland defenders for his life but there's only so much defending you can do when you're in there against Shemaev an absolute destruction any thoughts on it Graham look it's one it doesn't need much analysis it was just a guy who who is an absolute demon going in there, just destroying a, a highly unmatched guy?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, Kevin Holland did his best. He like he definitely fought for his life out there. Uh, I wonder how much uh, energy he would have had left if he had of uh, got back to his feet. I think obviously Shimaev was expending a lot of energy as well, but he, I think he can do that for a lot longer in the in the wrestling, the catch wrestling and and all that and Kevin Holland you know he put up a valiant effort he was he was definitely there to fight and he, he didn't accept a bottom position uh, you know but there's just levels to this and she may have coming out uh, not striking with him at all going straight for the takedown you know the second he shot for the takedown you kind of knew it was all over Kevin Holland you know lasted in the positions uh did better in the positions and lasted a bit longer than i than definitely did better than i expected and lasted longer than i expected but it, it was inevitable once uh once it hit the ground and uh obviously he was fishing for that choke but uh if it wasn't that it would have been something else soon after i think uh, obviously kevin holland is a big guy uh, has a weight advantage but she might have wrestling is just on a completely different level to kevin holland's and that was the story of the fight.
0: Yeah, it really, really was. And, like, the reaction when Shemayev came out, we mentioned it a bit earlier on, but he got absolutely booed out of the building. There was USA chants uh, in the middle of the fight, which are, are unusual unless it's, like, I don't know, un- unless it's Stipe Miocic, maybe, or someone in a big world title fight and they're American or whatever. But it, And and the reason I'm saying it's unusual is because he's like a star, You know, if McGregor is fighting, you know, Chad Mendes or Eddie Alvarez or whatever, there's never going to be USA chance because, you know, he is the star and the people are coming to see him. Like, America is not like... You know, Ireland or Brazil or whatever—they're they're not sh- shouting on their own just because they're their own, and that's the whole reason they're there. You know, they're there to see stars. They're there to see that they're used to having people from all over the world fighting, and this was uh, unusual, I think, to hear this in disguise. Um, and I think it was—it was—it mo- was definitely without a shadow of a doubt more an anti-Schumayev thing than a pro-Holland thing, without without a doubt, because they ruined the car for him. But
1: it'll be well, interesting. How, how much of it was him him missing weight. And getting the cards all switched uh, switched up or how much i think it was like 90 percent because of his reaction to it and how yeah. uh, he didn't own up to it and he just kind of said ah oh, fuck off it doesn't matter oh, i was close enough and all this shit people i think on uh, uh, social media yeah. so i think people were more angered with that i think people can understand or oh, you, you missed weight for like you know the first time in your career or you're not a regular uh weight misser then people will say oh something went wrong or the doctors or like she may have could have you know, explained what happened with the doctor and people would have accepted it and people would have been, you know, happy enough. But because of his reaction, I think that was that was why he got booed and that was why Kevin Holland was uh, you know the fan favorite. I don't think it actually was the way good it was his reaction or his reaction to it.
0: And also the fact that he's fighting. It's like, well you missed weight because of a medical issue as Ariel said. What's the fucking medical I'm bad as you know I think Peter Queely tweeted out. You have a medical issue that's not bad enough to stop you fighting, but it's bad enough to stop you making weight. It's like, that's a bit weird. Now, okay, we all know if someone does their fucking knee or something and they can't get on the treadmill and they can't get the weight down or they can't get out on the road and, and run and stuff you know it's probably something like that if, although maybe I don't know Ariel said it's a medical issue that doesn't sound like it's an injury so I don't know but I, I think that rubbed people up the wrong way so you're 100% correct like he acted really weird uh, about it but he also like came out and fight
1: uh, yeah and let's be honest like if, if any doctor comes into any weight cut, even if it's like yeah. not a extreme weight cut, it's just a regular like average weight cut in the UFC if a doctor comes and she actually going to find medical problems <laughs> like this is a ridiculous thing to be doing to your body like you know i mean sucking all yeah. the the water out with leaning it down you know all that stuff is there's definitely if you test somebody uh in that state they're not going to pass all, pass all medical tests so uh, maybe we'll find out more about what the quote medical problem was but like you know i'd be skeptical that you know it's not just regular weight cut Medical issues.
0: Yeah, I would, I would tend to agree with that. If I, if I'm being honest, it was, yeah, I, I just, it just was all, it was all bad. Everything for Shemayev here. I'm interested to see what it looks like the next time he fights. If the crowd are anti shemayev next time, or if they kind of forget about all this. Now, the reason people were abusing him and giving out and everything was because they had bought a ticket and and the way he acted and all like the next people who bought a ticket will be buying a ticket for him versus whoever he's going to be fighting and will probably be bang up for the fight. So maybe we won't see that as much. I don't think. Yeah, this- well,
1: either way, if, if they don't mm-hmm. like him or if they do like him, as long as they're paying for the pay-per-views, that's <laughs> and, it. You oh. know, Shimaev and the UC brass are happy, but I I think, yeah, I think, you know, his, his stick about, Oh, I smash everybody and I, I die in there. And I got, you know, I die for you. Like he just kept saying the same things over and over again. And, just wasn't hitting and he just needed to kind of give up and it it was just all a bit cringy at the end I thought
0: yeah MMA fans forget very quickly you know Adriel Adesanya had a fight two weeks after he put on the biggest snooze fest in UFC history and people are saying oh this is the most anticipated fight for the rest of the year for me so you know people (laughs) people forget yeah you know just because
1: like Tom Brady has like a fucking four interceptions or something in one game and then he comes up against Peyton Manning and whatever in the next game or like you know this is obviously years ago. Uh, people still be excited, you know what I mean. People, wins and losses. It's not like in boxing where uh, you've lost a couple in a row or you lost recently. You're you're a bum. It's it's not like that, you know. Yeah, people, it's not. People, it's people not. can get it's. find ways to get hyped about sporting events. Indeed, indeed.
0: Uh, I wonder what happens with him next. It sounds like Dan White wants him to fight at middleweight. Um, I think the Robert Whittaker fight makes just too much sense for them. I know people are calling for this Paulo Costa fight, but. no interest in that he's just going to destroy Paul Lucas. we know that put him in there with Robert Whittaker this is a genuine number one contender fight if he beats Robert Whittaker Robert Whittaker
1: I I haven't checked but has he said anything he he should be calling for this fight he should be making this happen you
0: know, it. That I, I. There isn't a fight in the UFC that makes more sense than that. There really, really isn't. He needs to prove himself again after missing weight and after all of that. He fucking. Uh, he he uh, fumbled the bag, as our good friend Jake Paul would say, fucked it up. The biggest, easiest opportunity of his career. But you know what he deserves. He deserves a Colby. He deserves a Robert Whitaker. But
1: if he's not going to fight, go fight Robert Whitaker in a huge show in Australia. There yeah, you go.
0: There you go. Main event, and you can fight the winner of Adesanya versus the the other Brazilian kickboxer, whatever his name is, next. The, easy, easy. You're you're putting him straight into a title shot then. And Robert, like Robert Whitaker needs to beat someone like Shemayev. If he beats Shemayev, he's probably earned another shot at at, uh, Adesanya. And that's the only way he's probably going to earn it without winning five fights in a row. The fight, I don't know why everyone isn't calling for this fight, honestly. It makes absolute and complete perfect sense if he's gone up to 180 you know, or 185. If he wants to stay down or if they're going to allow him to stay down to 170, looked in fair enough, give him Colby or you know, I don't think they're going to put him straight into the title shot after missing weight the way he did but yeah, I, th- I think that fight makes a lot of sense and I don't know why uh, why people aren't calling for more but sure look, we will see what happened with him in the uh, in the coming weeks and months um, the, the third then of the the snuff fights, <laughs> which went down, <laughs> was uh, Li Jingliang against D-Rod. Uh, some people were, were up in arms with the judging decision here. <sighs> I didn't really get that, to be honest. I, I did score a fair fight. I thought
1: up. it was the wrong decision, but I didn't think it was e- yeah. egregious. You
0: know, I, I would... I would Tend to agree with that like that first round was so close on my car the one the one big issue here was the judges were splitting all the rounds now the second round i didn't think so even the third round uh, i think uh i think rodriguez definitely won the third round although it was close. I, I even then, i wouldn't say definitely but it was close i did think lee won the second round but the first was very close as well
1: so you yeah I'm there, was, gonna, a, there uh, was a head kick at the start of the round from rodriguez on the young but I don't know if it landed flush. Maybe the the judges saw from better angle. The the two judges, I think, that gave it. I think two judges gave the first round to Rodriguez. So maybe they thought it landed harder than I thought it landed. But I thought Yang did enough to overcome that uh, that strike as the, as the you know with his with his boxing and. Uh, the second round I thought, was pretty clear for Lee as well and the third round I would have given to Rodriguez but I think it all came down to that first round.
0: Yeah, I gave the first two to Lee and the third to Rodriguez. And when I when I was putting out my score for that first round I was very much like oh uh, my button is out here you know it was one it was one of those uh there's there's no robbery there it's just I think a lot of people were kind of saying, oh, you know, he's eight pounds heavier and all, which is absolutely fair. If you feel bad for Lee, I would agree with you without a shadow of a doubt. If you were to like decide on uh, ethics, who should win this fight afterwards, you'd be giving it to Lee, you know? Not with no, I wouldn't you know, Rodriguez it wasn't his fault, you know. He was, he made wait for the fight he was supposed to have, but the way it happened was the way it happened. And, um, you know, overall, it was, it was a pretty good fight, to be honest. It was, it was one of those ones, though. I think the commentary actually called it pretty well. Um, both lads had been preparing for someone else that didn't prepare for each other and were kind of just getting in there to fight. And they got a little bit of booze and stuff, which I think was unfair. I think people could have understood that a little bit better, maybe, but how and ever. Yeah, not look, not an, a mad fight to write home about or anything like that. A good three rounds, a very, very close decision, and there wasn't much to be uh, to be said about it. There is a bit of, to be said, though, about this Aldana versus Chaison fight. Uh, there was a clear Brazilian tap here in the first did you see that yeah it
1: was a clear tap it was fucking like the ref Herb Dean wasn't it he shouldn't be missing that like it was it wasn't hidden under it wasn't on the wrong side it was out in the open a tap you know maybe because she tapped kind of early in the armbar before it was like fully locked in and extended maybe Herb Dean was looking at looking at that but yeah I think it's a bad miss by Herb Dean uh, that happened. But why did know, they have it, it nearly? It nearly turned. Obviously, the uh, Aldana ended up winning in the end. But it nearly, like it looked like the fight had turned, and it looked like you know, it looked like that was going to be a huge, a huge turning point in the fight. But obviously, you know, Aldana turned it around.
0: Yeah, because it was like it was close to ten eight in the second round. and Chai San came back really, really well. The one, the one thing I would say though, is like why. We ha- we have the the VAR if you want to say it, in in MMA cage side. There's someone looking at there. There's a video referee. Why are they, why are they calling that? It's it's yeah. clear as day. I was
1: actually thinking that at the time. I, I thought it, can they call this? Oh, that's what I was thinking. I was like, can they call this? Can they you know the round ends? Can they? Is, is the ref going to be shown this or is the commission going to be like, this is over? Or, but obviously not.
0: Yeah, I think it should have been. Like, that's one of those things that, that should be, it, sometimes there's things that, there's a debate and there's a, was it, is it? Uh, and, you know, you let it go because it's not clear and obvious that, that that phrase is as as clear and obvious as, uh, as the opposite of that phrase is, I think. But anyway, uh, this was just pure clear. I, I don't know why they didn't call it. But anyway, uh, but what we did get out of it was one of, one of the knockouts of the year, to be honest, and it was one of the knockouts that nobody realizes what has happened. Even watching it live, I'm like, oh, she's showing up, what, what, what happened there? Like, did she hit her lower? What, what happened? But no, she kicked her right in the fucking liver with an nut do, do you
1: think she did it on purpose? She said she did, but, she didn't actually say she did though because Roman you know? was like oh did you train that and she says oh we trained so many different things she kind yeah, yeah, like, of so. I don't know the way she said it I, just, oh, mm, I don't, I
0: don't yeah, know if I, she meant I, this I don't think she did <laughs> if I'm being honest I don't think she did mean it. we were talking last week I think or two weeks ago about lucky knockouts and lucky punches and stuff this was probably a lucky one of her being honest but you know justice. it was,
1: it it was, was justice absolute
0: and there was another fight as well earlier in the night uh, let me just pull up my notes here oh Toulon versus Pickett Pickett got kicked in in the hip and took a fucking dive like a prime, prime Luis Suarez going down fucking diving all over He should have
1: got the neck brace out like Kiefer Crosby <laughs> like,
0: yeah Mike Jackson wasn't it? Yeah, yeah absolutely uh, and then he got need in the balls again and it was a, it was a small enough one it, it was mad, mad timing and all of that and then Mike Beltran who you know as a person I have great respect for Mike Beltran and all I think uh, what I've seen from him but as a referee this guy is... <sighs> He took a point here for one... The, the first one as well. It went, it, they they looked at its cage side, and I think there was like an obvious here. He didn't get hit in the fucking dick. Get this back on. And Beltran did get it back on. And then there's a second one, which grazes. It was a knee, a knee to the balls, 100%. But then he takes a point. It was a moving target. A it, was like,
1: it wasn't as if he was a station no. there and he just need him in the balls. It was like they both lifted their legs to strike, and yeah. it just kind of happened. It
0: was... It, it was ridiculous and it's so, oh my god i was so maddened most people last night on twitter were like no problem no problem with this point take away this point no problem people are fucking idiots you know how much a point changes a fucking fight it changes it massively these fights are decided on three points three points if it's a thirty twenty seven, 27 it's 29 28 decided on one point and you're taking one away for a guy's balls being dropped on a knee basically and the first one not even landing it's ridiculous. Re- ridiculous. People need to re- realize and, and people say, oh, well, it's not like a system. point in boxing
1: where there's 12 no, rounds and there's so many not. points. What is it like? Uh, scores are like 114 to 117 yes. and stuff. It's not like that. Like a point is, can be everything in a fight.
0: Yeah, like the most you can win by in a three round fight, if there's no, you know, 10 eights or anything like that, is three points in a fucking, you know, obviously in, in, a, in a 10 round boxing match or a 12 round boxing match, it's 10 points or 12 points and taking one point, as you said, is not a big deal. It's a big deal, but not a massive deal. If it's a closer fight, obviously it's going to be a bigger deal. This one, even in a blowout, it's a fucking big deal. And I just... Real, I just People, how they don't realise that? Now... People are probably saying, "Well, why is this? this why is it like that? Why is the system like that?" And I would agree. I, I I think the system is not the issue. I think the uh, the taking away of points is the issue, and the punishment is the issue. I think we need to find new, different punishments, whether it's giving up a position or something like that. For things like that, I I would a hundred percent be behind that. But like. Taking away more points, I think, is wrong.
1: Now, if there's a yeah, like, if a, if a guy keeps extending his fingers and he's yes. warned by the ref when he oh, pops him in the eye or something, I think that's different. That's actually like you yeah. know you could have prevented this. But when two guys are moving, throwing strikes, and one strike goes awry, it's just like, come on, this is yeah. fucking ridiculous.
0: And it's, look, if someone comes up and punts a lad and right in the dick, take a pint, I'm not saying ban pint-taking, uh, or if there's four or five of them, or three of egregious, them. Even one, like egregious. egregious, yeah. egregious yeah. Absolutely Take taken. Uh, now, on the, on the fingers extended, I 100%, I, I think pint should be taken for that um, without it even connecting at times if you keep doing it it's against the rules and if you keep going against the rules over and over I think
1: you know know, does a guy have to step into your fingers put his eyes into your fucking fingers you're 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 changing the
0: the whole fight and uh, that's the key to it it's something that changes the fight but uh, yeah it was yeah it was it was a weird one it wasn't a great night for the for, for the referees Now we've a lot of good refereeing recently to be honest I don't really criticise the referees too much but yeah I don't think it was a like missing a obvious
1: taps and taking points for for, an, for nothing basically yeah. no reason then yeah it's ridiculous it's not
0: yeah. good yeah, yeah. Um, the fight for that to Julian Rosa what a win for Rosa against Dawoodoo I, I picked Dawoodoo yeah. to win here
1: he was, I, I thought I thought if Rosa was going to win he was going to have to mix in a lot of grappling and takedowns and fence work but yeah. He, he looked great on the field I think like they mentioned that we've mentioned it for years and they mentioned in the commentary that Rosa kind of fights at the level of his opponent Yeah, but you know he actually fought above the level of his opponent here quite heavily in the first round and uh, maybe as the fight went on he he, he tried to play a little safe or got a little tired or something and uh, you know uh, the, the fight became closer but yeah I thought Rosa looked great on the feet and obviously uh, he had an advantage in the grappling he wasn't able to to use it as much as expected but yeah for how the fight played out and how long it stayed on the feet I was very surprised with with how well and how uh, how crisp uh, Rosa looked uh, out there and yeah absolutely brilliant win for him
0: yeah I, I think that was coming off of a bit of a timeout as well and it may, maybe it should but it, Rosa made him pay early absolutely he missed weight as well up. didn't he
1: so yeah, yeah maybe there was some kind of injury or something maybe. but it didn't look like that out there he looked like you know in, in shape
0: yeah, he did. He did. He, uh, he always comes and looks in shape. But um yeah, he was boxing him up. at flying knee, he was nearly done in the, the first round. Got a takedown in the second. Back control. We started cruising a bit in the third.
1: And my guy Daniel
0: Carme was saying yeah. open scoring is shit and all, which is oh, fair play, Daniel. Do you know, do you know what? Fair play. Even a
1: broken you. clock is right twice a day, <laughs> as they say. What? Well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh God! I tried my best not to tweet about Carpi <laughs> last night, but God Almighty! You did
1: tweet it. You said, "I would say," you said two 0 or yeah, twenty eighteen. Yeah, yeah. Lee, Do you see, Daniel, he, he like It was a bit was of a silence. It. I think John I was gonna say something, but yeah. then he didn't. It was a bit of a silence there. I reckon, I reckon John didn't pull the trigger on a comment
0: there. Oh God! Yeah, I uh, look, If it was, if I was saying it to John, I think he probably would. The fact it was Daniel. Yeah, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think Daniel Cormier is going to be calling out my
1: name anyway, but here we go, look, he's going to find right? you yeah, outside a, a UFC hotel sometime uh, down the <laughs> back alley. Yeah, for fuck's
0: sake, I'll get John Jones with me, I'll be fine. Um, After that, then we have uh, <laughs> Almeida versus Turkal uh, another easy one, a takedown, destruction, rear naked choke. Um... Gileton Almeida is next level. Like, this guy is gone. He's gone right to the top. To just, just, just sound like Harry Redknapp with Frank Lampard, this guy has gone right to the very, very top. Um, and it's going to be amazing. And I didn't want
1: to say this in front of him. But. I didn't want to
0: say this in front of him. But uh, he is going right to the top. Do you know what? We, forget, we, we didn't forget it, but I didn't have it in my notes uh, just because I had bet on him and I won a lot of money. And uh, I... Um, Oh, yeah, I I didn't take any of those. but Johnny Walker, Ireland's own Johnny Walker, got a great win against uh, Ian and um, was Kicked
1: out,
0: yeah, was kicked <laughs> out after. no shoes yeah, on. Why not? Uh, it was a great performance from Johnny Walker. He did uh, look, it, and it, it, when, when I say a great performance, it went very badly at the start. I suppose there was a few punches and kicks thrown, and it was all going well, you know, whatever, and then there was I don't know was it a leg kick or something like, but he kind of fell back more than there was a takedown and he ended up on bottom and you're kind of thinking oh fuck do, do you know do, you, uh, you'd you forget almost the times that Kutalab has great ground and pound you know you're expecting this to be a striking match but Johnny Walker did better from the back I think than Kutalab he did on top a yeah. nice elbows there was
1: and, actually a couple of really nice elbows lovely. to here like they looked fucking vicious to be
0: honest. yeah nasty and he did a good job of kind of holding him in I thought there was going to be like maybe a stand up at one stage but uh, that they kept fighting and it was, it was a good fight on the ground you know it was there was a lot of waiting I think for Kutalaba but good defensive stuff from Johnny Walker after the initial elbows and things um, and then he managed to get out and get back but then he had a lovely back take bit of a trip got the fight to the ground uh, there was a bit of struggling there he had a neck crank at one stage Kutalaba survived it I thought he was going to flatten him out at one stage then again Johnny Walker but he moved around got the rear neck of choke and got the finish and luckily luckily Betfair wherever the fuck I'm signed up yesterday they had like a, I was going to back him by a knockout in the first round but they had a knockout or submission I was like do you know what I'll do the knockout or submission just in case 25 quid on a gram 1 fucking 75 quid I'm a millionaire, MMA is finally <laughs> bringing in the money, fucking absolutely great, Johnny Walker, if I see you at Bellator, I'll buy you a pint, drink, drink legend, John, John. Yeah, well yeah. just for Johnny Walker, although that fucking 75 quid a pint in Dublin, I'd spend the whole 75 quid <laughs> on that. but impressive stuff from uh, Johnny Walker, with the Irish kid, John Kavanagh and Packy Collins as well, I'd say it was the first time Pecky Collins ever cornered a to win by submission, but uh, great stuff for uh, for Johnny Walker, for Irish MMA as well, you know, we're definitely claiming him, he lives and trains in Ireland, so he's he's one of us
1: yeah definitely it was good to see him go out there and you know uh, face adversity and stay calm there and fight through you know obviously that was a very important win for him you know uh, he obviously has ambitions to to get to the top of the division like like nearly all of these guys in in in, in all these divisions in the uc do uh it's an important it's an important win you know if you lose that what kind of position are you in you're maybe looking at you know getting caught or looking at. Getting caught in the near future if you if you don't turn things around. So it was a big win for him, and you know obviously uh, he's known for his kind of crazy strikes, and he's kind of reined that in a little bit, and seems to be trying to uh, be more well-rounded. And that'll be a big boost to his confidence in in his grappling to have gone out there and you know uh, got a submission like that against a tough guy in in the in the first round in in a, in a, like a high-pressure situation. And you know he didn't have it all his own way, as you said, it kind of looked like it was kind of you know going wrong at one stage, but he stayed calm and. You know, his, his wrestling uh, takedown, uh, I don't know what you call it, a mat return, I think Cormier called it, was was really nice, and he immediately put the hooks in and was fishing for the, the choke, and even at the end, I thought maybe that Kudelab was going to fight out of it, but he kind of turned it into a short choke and just squeezed enough that the, the lad, uh, uh submitted, so yeah, very good from Johnny Walker, and uh, it's good to see him rounding out his game, and obviously, it's uh, for the fans, it's nice to see him throw crazy strikes and all that stuff, but... Uh, you know, he can he can find a moment for them and, and the rest of the time he can, you know, be a well-rounded, solid fighter. It's, it's a, a dangerous combination.
0: I, I think the phrase you use there around the his game is the exact right one. Like, there's definitely been signs, okay, he went in against Jamal Hill in his last fight and, and got put out early, but in my opinion, Jamal Hill is, is the best light heavyweight in the world right now, so there's no shame in that. Um... And his performance for that against Tiago Santos was was very good, but a very good kind of you need two or three more of them fights before you fight it exactly the right way. And then this one, bit of adversity, as you said, and came back again. Very much looking forward to seeing what's next for Johnny, Johnny Walker, seeing who it will be next and seeing how he performs. So um, I, I, rounding out his game, as you said, is definitely where he's at at the moment and, and good stuff from Johnny Walker. Um the rest of the card then, we'll run through it pretty quickly Dennis Toulalan who looks exactly like Joseph Duffy uh, won against Jamie Pickett which we mentioned after that uh, dick kick which never happened and the points Actually, taken. The Chris
1: Barnett fight though <laughs> it's pretty yeah. entertaining that was yeah
0: unbelievable unbelievable I missed weight at heavyweight which was the best thing you know to ever happen <laughs> 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 dancing
1: definitely, definitely made too many late night pizza orders <laughs> <but nothing like laughs> that.
0: I can't blame him and then almost got knocked out viciously in the first round but just survived and survived something and something in his
1: face broke as well I think didn't it in, in, yeah 14. his eye
0: was closed and he's fucking his jaw looked broken Jake Collier there's something more wrong with his jaw as well I think but uh, th- the weird thing about about this right is Chris Barnett is more used of being like the the kind of the the, and I can say this I suppose but the the fat, tired guy in there. And it felt like he was he was dancing in the storm comfortable
1: in that situation yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: he was dancing in the storm where Jay Collier was kind of like slipping and falling down I think like Collier obviously have, having coming up from middleweight he thought he was just going to go in here and land all these shots and get finished but after that first like 50 or 60 seconds where Collier was throwing the big shots and almost knocked him out he got so tired that it brought Barnett back into the fight because he was 100% had better cardio in that situation, and was more used to it. Now, Collier landed some shots after that as well. But I think from that point on, it was a Chris Barnett fight, uh, and he ended up getting the finish. He ran around to the back. I once said, "I love the way Chris Barnett like takes the back. He just jumps around to the back. He's brilliant. He's like uh, he's fast and he's athletic and he's a, he's a good fighter and he's durable and all of that." But uh, yeah, look, this was this was definitely less UFC and more KFC. I once said,
1: <laughs> his his uh, his uh, pound shop fucking deals. What do, or Ali? express fucking front flip where he kind of
0: had a top on his back <laughs> wish that guy yeah it was it was definitely one of them but funny shit like funny the car didn't start amazingly there was a few you know there was a few snoozers on if we're going to be honest and this one really really brought it to life this is absolutely unbelievable like there's so many yeah, fun he probably
1: screwed himself out of 50 grand with, with those late night Domino's orders yeah annoyed, to honest. be
0: fair though he is a super heavyweight like and there, there, there should be no fucking Upper limit anyway, and heavy. I know what these people are thinking. Of. Who are we? Who the fuck are we? But anyway, great performance there. Uh,
1: 65 is just yeah. kind of weird number as That's well. Two sixty five.
0: Got to three hundred. Be fine. Uh, Norma then She was very, very good against Danielle Wolf, the, the former uh, championship amateur boxer in America. Just boxed her up basically. Uh, when the fight got to the ground, she. Destroyed her there as well. I, I've always been a fan of Norman Demand. Honestly, I think she's very good, and uh, I wouldn't mind seeing her fight a Menenunes. so um, let's let's do that next. Although going from fucking a one and all fighter to a Menenunes is a bit of a, a bit <laughs> of a, a move. But anyway, good stuff from Demand there. Then Alatang Haley. Guy, I love this guy. He's I know he's a. Uh, a team harry powell but uh, i think he might be team sheehan is well. no, not team sheehan but he's he's up there he's probably on team sheehan's b team maybe or c team but i'm a big fan of all the Lee he hits hard he's, he's, on, the on, him. he's <laughs> on the practice squad he absolutely is but a uh, very good win for him against chad angeliger uh elise reed in was just a little bit better than uh, melissa martinez landed the harder shots uh and leon ness against darian weeks a very close fight um, and a good win for Linnés as well I, I thought uh, I thought he did enough so uh, yeah good stuff there from all of them uh, congratulations Leds. fair play to you uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm delighted for Ali and uh, made, made a best look to you all going forward. There was a KSW fight as well last night. I haven't managed to see this yet, but I, I will be catching up on it. Great win for Tom Brees He got the guillotine choke uh, in the second round. It's a rear naked choke as well for Philip DeFries in the main event. So the the English in KSW doing great, great stuff there. Uh, a lot of the big stars ended up winning for KSW. It was a good night for them and got finishes as well. Darius Stoch got the finish. Thomas Ranikowski got the finish. Our Romanowski even got the finish uh unfortunately paul Palladio, who fights out of spg uh he ended up losing a, a decision there uh but emil weber as well in his debut in ksw got back to winning ways he won via tko with elbows uh, in the second round there so good stuff out of ksw this is a, a really great card on paper and it looked like deliver. i'll be looking forward to, to catching back up on that uh this week uh end even um Next week, then Graham, you know, we've Bellator coming up in two weeks, I suppose. Um, There'll be lots of coverage coming out for that. But next week's UFC card... Um, is, uh, do you know what, it's it's an okay one, uh, some of the standouts on the undercard, this was Aspen Ladd against Sarah McMahon, is a fight that people would like to see, I love the fight between Tony Gravely and javed Basharat, that is a really, really fun fight, that's a high level up and coming fight at 135 there, um... After that, my guy Damon Jackson is fighting Pat Sabatini. Uh, Andrew Feely is on the card against Joa Al- or Bill Algeo. Yeah, yeah. Chilianjikwani versus Rodriguez. That should be a fun fight. But the main event, that's a legitimately fantastic fight versus Corey Corey Sandhagen versus Song Dong. A big step up here for Song Yadong. He's been looking for it, and against Corey Sandhagen, it's a dangerous fight for Corey today. Because well, how do you think that one goes, Graham?
1: You know, uh, it, it's definitely a must-win for Sandhagen. He's coming off a you know split decision loss to Dillashaw and a, a unanimous decision loss to Peter Yan. And obviously, that's that's a higher level than yet yeah, the song. Yeah, Dong Song has been uh, has been matched up against. But I, I think Sandhagen, he'll <laughs> probably get it done. He'll probably get it done early or by decision here. I think. Uh, you know, this. Just a level of competition and how he's looked uh, in those fights. You know, he hasn't he hasn't been blown out of the water uh, in, in kind of upper echelon fights. And I think it's a bit of a step too far for for Song here. He hasn't really had that caliber of opponent like he's he's lost to Kyler Phillips, uh, you know, a year and a half ago. So yeah, I think Sandhagen should have this handy enough. But there, there definitely is routes to victory for Song. But uh, yeah, I'd be surprised if Sandhagen doesn't doesn't get it done. I was surprised that the odds are. So close.
0: What are the odds? Give us, tell us, give us
1: a show. I uh, will just pull them back up here. I looked at them earlier. Hold on a second. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I like. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they were that close as you pull them up there. I, I do favor Corey Standing. Minus from.
1: minus 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 one ninety five plus one
0: sixty five. Hmm, that's probably I'd so, say where I would have had it. So Yanang is plus one sixty five, is he?
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's probably where I would have. I, I think Song is very, very good. Uh, the, the one thing I would say here, and a, a big issue for guys at 135 and at 125 as well, I think, like, yeah, Ylang is very fast when he's throwing, like, his boxing combinations inside. I think the issue for him might be the, the footwork and the speed on the outside. And obviously, we'll talk about this more as we break it down. I'm sure Harry Powell and, and Ian and the lads will have a great uh, breakdown, and Spencer will have a great breakdown on the preview show coming up on, on, uh, uh, on midweek here. But. That would would be my initial take. I I have to go and watch a bit of tape for it more, I suppose, before that show as well, but that would be my initial take that maybe the speed on the outside might be the issue. Now, if you don't can get inside and land big power shots and if you can find a way of kind of stopping the circling and the outside movement of, uh, of Corey Sandhagen, there are definitely ways I can see him winning here, but this is at the apex as well and I do think it's easier to fight that sort of game that Sandhagen would want to fight here. Um... Then it would be in <laughs> you know in in a place with uh uh with with a big crowd. So yeah, it's, look, it's a very fun fight. It's a very very good fight, and uh, if Yanlong Song wins this, he'll be right up there. He'll be right up there towards uh, the top of that division, a, a very moving division at the moment with the Yan and uh, O'Malley fight coming up on the same card as um, Sterling is fighting against TJ Dillashaw as well so very interesting to see where this goes and very interesting to see who wins this as well so yeah um, we will leave it there I think Graham unless we have uh, unless we have loads of more stuff to talk about I I don't know about that but maybe not we will we will uh, be back next week with another podcast obviously looking forward to Bellator and talking about that card and much more if you want some more content head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast you can sign up there it's only four fifty plus tax for the month so if you sign up now you'll have all the Bellator coverage and all of that there's already some Bellator coverage up for free if you want it on the uh, YouTube channel Andy has some interviews there I also interviewed uh, Richard Kiley who's fighting against John Redmond in a couple of weeks here uh, on, uh, on Cage Legacy and you know we talked about the, the famous interview, I suppose, we had uh, a few years ago where uh, Richard kind of ate me in it uh, and he kind of explains what happened and how he was really badly injured coming in there and uh, knew he was going to lose, basically, and that's why he gave out to me because I kind of said he was going to lose, although I didn't really even say he was going to lose. But anyway, it's a, it's a good interview and myself and Richard have a, a bit of a good rapport and stuff anyway, so check that out over on our YouTube as well. If you just search Severe and May on YouTube, uh, you will find that there and uh, all the good stuff and as well, um, please support our friends at Manscaped. Use the promo code Severmf for twenty percent off and free shipping. All right, Graham, take us out. I'm sure you've a good one this weekend. With <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> I have a feeling I know what's coming. But go on anyway. Give us our. No, I, don't,
1: uh, I pulled this up this last second here, so yeah, it's yeah. Right. No, no thought I was put into this. Right. I always knew it would have come to this. Um, dear hero imprisoned, with all the new crimes that you are perfecting, oh, I can't help quoting you because everything you say it rings true.
0: Okay, that was a bit different, I was okay.
1: Alright, we'll see you lads. We'll see you next Tuesday. Bye now.